Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Gamerpreneur podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Bradford Carlton. Today, I have a very special guest with us. I have Nikki, aka Camilla Panda. How is it going, Nikki? It's going great. I'm having a fantastic day, and I hope you're having a wonderful day, too. It is a beautiful sunny day in Las Vegas. We're looking at uh, mid-80s today, so... <laughs> Little jealous being in the Northeast, but I can't I... wait till it's 80s here. I understand. I did nine years in Ohio, so I kind of understand the, the Northeast climate. <laughs> All right. So Nikki, I like getting the show just right into it. So why don't you begin by telling us a little bit about yourself, please? Well, um, hi, my name's Nikki. I go by Camilla Panda on the internet. On Twitch, I'm a variety streamer. I prefer like RPG space games and like chill, cozy, happy games. Outside of that, I work in the nonprofit industry and um, communications Along with engineering, I mentor a wonderful group of high school kids in robotics and business and something I'm super passionate about besides being in nonprofits and just helping out other people. I love it. All right. We have a lot to talk about. Uh, before we do that, though, I start every interview with a single question. So I'm going to ask you just like I ask everybody else. So on a scale of one to 10, 10 being high, how weird are you, Nikki? My degree came out of the art program at my college and art kids just inherently are weird. So I'm just going to say I'm a 10 on this scale. Just because of the art, you're going to throw them all under the bus like that. Okay. I'm, I, I might be a little more weird, but yes, I'm just weird. I'm a 10. It's okay. Right. I admit it. Wonderful. <laughs> okay. Now, Nikki, this is the gamer preneur podcast. So I do need your gaming cred. When did you first start playing video games? I think it was when I was seven. If you ask my mom, she is very adamant that I got my PlayStation when I was four. I could have sworn I was seven when I got it. And it started with Barbie race and ride. And I was like, oh, this is great. But it's not challenging. So then my mom bought me Spyro the dragon. And that was the first game that was just like, Ooh, Ooh, this is really fun. And it doesn't involve horses. <laughs> I love it. And I'm assuming your love of games continued from there. Yes. It was very much something I enjoyed doing throughout all my years of like education and even past being in college. Okay. And uh, more specifically, because you kind of told us genres, but what are you playing today? I started playing Outriders, though I normally play stuff like No Man's Sky. I've been very involved in No Man's Sky lately and then Stardew Valley. All right. Very cool. Now you have been playing roughly since the PlayStation era. Um, that gives you a lot of experience in the gaming world. If you had to choose one game though, as your all-time favorite, which one it would be? That is the easiest question for me. It is Kingdom Hearts. All right on. I <laughs> love Kingdom Hearts. That was the game that made me want to go into gaming in any sense of the form. And it was just like, wait, maybe this is what I want to do for the rest of my life is either play games or make games or do something relative to the gaming industry. I'll tell you, I have played a lot of the Disney licensed games. I'm back on Nintendo, Super Nintendo, et cetera. That one was like perfect. It, I, it just... For some reason, it just was absolutely beautiful and and so well done. And at least for me, like going from PlayStation to PlayStation 2, and that was the first game I got. And I was just blown away by like the graphics and the art. And I, I already was a kid that was drawing like every single day. 
So being like, wait, oh, oh, someone must have made all the art and must have done something beautiful. Oh, this looks like a good thing. I should, I should try this. I love it. Okay, let's uh, let's hop over to the preneur part because that's kind of where I really want to focus on here. Um, could you give us a little bit about your professional background? How did you go from art to robotics to streaming? So I actually was in robotics when I was in high school. I was on a high school robotics team and I just decided to mentor kids afterwards because my mentors had a big impact on me. They, they made me into a much better person I was a very, very shy kid that just didn't want to talk to anyone and was very much just like, I'll keep to myself and play games by myself. But after going through that experience, I'm like, I'm sure there's kids that could probably use an adult or someone just to cheer them on, just like my mentors did and let them know like, hey, like it's okay to like games. It's okay to be interested in robotics and engineering. So I decided to mentor through college but when I was in college, I started in education and art education. I found out that it was going to take much longer than I really wanted to. And I decided to switch into uh, the interactive multimedia, going into the art and game design side of it. And funny, funny enough, I ended up not getting into gaming or anything right after college. I ended up becoming a web developer for a bit then going into marketing because that was an easy switch once um, I, I had lost my first job because they were just like, hey, we don't need you anymore. Sorry. So that turned into actually trying teaching and having most of my teaching certificate. Then I went to nonprofit industry. And while I was there, I my previous job, I was director of marketing technology. And I liked working with my clients. I liked all the good we were doing because it was a nonprofit focused marketing agency, but I saw that it was still lacking in the tech side of things, especially when the pandemic hit and everyone was just like, we don't know how to run our events because we don't understand what Zoom is. And we don't understand what a virtual meeting is because we did everything online. I was working remote the prior two years. So I was just like, huh, hmm maybe we can try something a little different since I'd already for robotics done the competitions and I was an MC besides being a mentor. So I knew about OBS. I knew about all the technical side of broadcasting to a website. I'm like, well, let me do something good since my entire season's been canceled because of COVID. So I tried to do St. Jude Play Live as my first thing with a friend and their stream team. So I kind of taught a lot of myself stuff, but also took on the experiences of what I'd previously did. And then also had fantastic friends that knew way more about this that helped me along the way. And I just kind of ended up going, huh, this ties into the emceeing and the robotic stuff that I like, and it's getting me back into video games. And it's really making me like question a bit what I am doing. And then I just kind of was like, well, let's see what we can do with this. And oddly enough, I ended up because of COVID losing that job in October. And then for a little bit, it was like, well, try full-time streaming, see how it goes. And then I ended up getting my current job, which I'm very happy with, partially because of streaming, because I was doing a streaming fundraiser and they found me on LinkedIn because I made a post about it. 
Very cool. Now that is an eclectic career. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I've been a little all over the place, but at least I'm not leaving a stone unturned and I'm trying something new and at least trying to make sure like, hey, am I truly the happiest I can be by trying everything possible? I absolutely love that philosophy. I, I've, I've left many a different career myself over the past 10 years since I got out of school and I'm right there with you. Ended up in the gaming space too, right? <laughs> Did you ever think you would do that though? Like, was that even on the radar up until really the past like one, two years? I, I'd realized when I was volunteering as like master of ceremonies, play-by-play -play announcer for the robotics competition, that was something that like no job had brought me as much joy as that. So I probably should have taken that as a sign of like, hey, maybe you should like do something along the lines of that in some way besides just volunteering. But I, I'd also tried it in college for a little bit, but it was a much more toxic space back then in 2014, 2015. So it kind of just made me go, eh, no. Let's not do that. And now I came back to it and I see how much it's grown and how different it is. And it's a much more positive environment. It's not perfect. There's still places for it to grow, but it's not as bad. Absolutely. Very cool. Okay. And how has it gone uh, being a content creator in this way? Like you became an overnight sensation, right? No, <laughs> it's, it's growth every day. And it's, it's trying to figure out the right thing for you. Not everything is going to work for everyone. I, I know there's a lot of folks blowing up on TikTok and that works for them. But like myself, I have my job. I have volunteering duties. I don't have time to post on TikTok three times a day, which it's okay. You got to grow in the way that you're comfortable with. At least that's what I think of it. I know someone else out there is probably saying something completely different and that's okay. No, that's a fantastic point because I, I'd say most gamers are not the basement dweller. Like the state of the mission of the show is to dispel the myth of the lazy, unmotivated basement dweller. You know, most of us have jobs. We're, we're roughly the same age, right? Like we have, we went into the real world. How do you balance that life though, of being able to have that real job and be able to express yourself through gaming? I I'm lucky. And at my job, I live on the East coast. My full-time job is on the West coast. So there's a bit of a time difference and they're fine if I'm working nine to five East coast hours, or maybe I stream in the morning one day and I work nine to five West coast hours that day. As long as work gets done and there's progress where they seem to be pretty happy with me. So I can't really complain there. Very cool. Um, and what have you brought with you? I mean, you've had so many different experiences. What, what do you bring into your nonprofit? What are you bringing into your stream? At least when wise. it comes when it when it comes to my my job right now because everything's virtual, I get to do the production on the award ceremonies because it's a nonprofit that runs robotics competitions out on the West Coast. So production on award ceremonies, just making sure that folks understand like what goes behind it, and it's a lot. It's a little bit of teaching and coordinating, and then for streaming, I like to do fundraisers and build up different nonprofits. I have been fortunate enough to have been connected to a thousand dreams fund and the broadcaster grant, which I was a winner of. I'm very, very lucky and excited to have been selected for the fall 2020 
group of folks and then also to be on the, the dream team. But being able to fundraise for Thousand Dreams Fund, um, St. Jude Play Live, First Robotics has been something that I, I'm excited. I can kind of combine the two things of nonprofit and streaming because I love giving back. I love working at a company that I know is making a difference in the world, but also making the content and showing people that, hey, you can do something good. You can be a positive influence on the world even if you're just sitting at home playing a game or if you're just sitting and watching a Twitch stream, you're doing something amazing. Maybe you can't donate, but you being here and you like being present in some way can have a good impact on someone. Absolutely. Now, uh, like you said, you were not an overnight international sensation. So you kind of had to grow and you've had to develop uh, since you started. What resources have you turned to in order to learn that? Obviously, there's the Thousand Dreams Fund and Broadcaster. Um, but beyond that, how, how have you been able to grow? I, I through oddly enough, robotics, I know another streamer, another few streamers, actually, that are very, very knowledgeable. And I probably would not have gotten as like many followers as I have or any type of like good metrics without them realistically. So I'm super thankful to have those friends. And then also the people they know as well that I can chat with occasionally and just kind of get to know them and see how things work on their side of things. Okay, fantastic. Now, um... You know, on the on the streaming side, because there's there's more to gaming than just streaming. But on the streaming side, um, you know, raising money is one of those things that everyone's trying to figure out how to do. But it sounds like you're doing pretty well on the nonprofit side. What what is it you're focusing on, or you know, what tactics are you using in order to be able to raise money for other organizations? I so I try to be as genuine as I possibly can. So I fundraise for nonprofits that I genuinely have an like invested interest in. So Thousand Dreams Fund, I was fortunate enough to get a grant. I want to pay it forward. I want to make sure that someone else has the same opportunity that they provided me. And I can talk about my experience. I can talk about what other people have experienced with that grant as well. So that's one thing I think that is super helpful is when if you want to do charity streaming and whatnot, you got to do something that you're actually going to be passionate about. On top of that, my incentives are silly and goofy. <laughs> so I have like gemstones people can put on my face, uh, face tattoos, and then also these wonderful things called glitter bombs that sound terrible, but it's just gel with glitter in it. People love it. And then I also get to draw art. One, some of my incentives are digital art and then actual art that I make and I send it to people since I, I still do art like on the side, not so much streaming and everything. It's more just a cathartic thing for me at this point, but it's nice to kind of tie that in too and just have a little bit of that personal touch. That's fantastic. Okay, uh, Nikki, I'd like to get a little bit personal now if possible. Um, I'd like you to hop in a time machine with me. We're gonna go mm -hmm. way back into the past when you had just got done with college, okay? You got your art degree and you get to go up to little Nikki back then who's all proud of herself, right? And you get to tell her all about the journey you're, that she's about to take, all the highs, all the lows, the good, the bad. You're gonna be able to impart all of the wisdom and knowledge and experience that you've had over the past several years into her and in order to, that way she could have a bigger, better, more fantastic life than you could have ever imagined. But if there was one thing she had to know, 
what would that thing be? If I could tell little me anything, if I could just tell her whenever it seems like the door is closing, whether it is a, a job fell through, you didn't get an interview, or it just kind of seems like things have come to a halt, there's another door. You just have to go find it. It might be someone that you have to go talk to. It could be you need to just kind of figure out how to make something on your own, but the door is open. You just need to go find it. That's fantastic. Okay, a little more personal now. You see, Nikki, I believe that we learn the most in our life from our failures, not necessarily our successes. Because when you succeed the first time you try something, you may not know what happened, right? But when you fail, you got to take a look at it. You got to figure out what went wrong to be able to move past it and move forward. So I'd like to ask you, what do you consider your biggest failure in life? And what did you learn from it? That's a hard question. Because... I, I, I know I haven't succeeded at everything. I've failed multiple times doing multiple things because everyone has failed. It's just a normal part of, of life. Realistically, the biggest failure I've had trying to, trying to think, cause I, I feel like it's probably job related either missing a big deadline, which I unfortunately have had before from just like getting sick or something like that. But hmm, I think the one thing that truly stands out to me is I moved to Texas and I, I had moved out on my own, like didn't, didn't know if I was coming back or anything. And I thought I was doing fine, but if looking back on it, I think I struggled a lot to really build a like necessary foundation in Texas. That sounds like a weird failure. And I understand that, but it's like, I, I had a support system in New Jersey, in New Jersey, where I'm from, but in Texas, I didn't have that same support system. And I feel like I was trying to do things on my own and trying to say, Hey, like I can do this. It's fine. I don't need the help or anything when realistically I should have trusted the people that wanted to be there. And I didn't. So I ended up going back to the East coast. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. Now, kind of on the flip side, what is something that you're working to improve on in yourself today? I'm still a little, um, trying to think of the right word here. I don't open up easily. I, I try to kind of be like, Hey, like I'm the tough person that everyone comes to when they're upset and that I, I could be the shoulder they cry on and everything. But then some days it's like, Hey, I, I need that person. And I feel a little uncomfortable going and talking to them about these things. So it's definitely something I, I need to work on on myself. And I know a lot of people that recently were just like, Hey, I haven't been able to open up to anyone and I don't know how to do it. How, how can I talk to someone? I'm like, I'm not the person you should be asking. Cause I still struggle with that myself, but I can at least tell you it's normal to just like, not be sure how to communicate that with someone. 
Absolutely. It's really just a matter of confidence. <laughs> I'm right there with you, though. I'm the same way. Okay, Nikki, this has been a fantastic interview. Thank you so much. How do people find you? How would they reach out to you? Contact information, all that, please. Um, you can find me on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok as Camilla Panda, C-A-M-I-L-L-A-P-A-N-D-A. And then I do have a, a LinkedIn. It's just Nikki S because I'm a little private with my last name. And then I also have an eFuse profile that I believe is the same Nikki S or Camilla Panda. Okay. I will search for it. <laughs> <laughs> I will send you the links. It's totally fine. We'll, okay, we'll figure it out. <laughs> All right. Now, as we're wrapping up, Nikki, do you have any final thoughts you want to share or anything else I didn't ask you think we still need to cover? Um, I, I think we're good. How about yeah, this? What's your community like on, on uh, your stream on Twitch? Oh, my community. We are a giant bunch of goofballs and we are very, very, um, like we try to be family friendly. We try to be open and inclusive to anyone who comes in and just to be themselves because it's hard to find a place where people just feel comfortable being themselves, whether it's online or in person and whatnot, especially with everything going on right now, it's nice to be able to say like, Hey, like come here and just come as you are, just come hang out. We'll just talk about whatever it is. Usually ends up being food of some sort because we all really like food. A lot of the times it's tacos. I don't know why, but we all really like tacos. Who doesn't? <laughs> Good point. All right. Um, you know, like, what was it like developing that community? Because, you know, you, you told us just a moment ago that you have a very tough time kind of talking to people and relating to people. So like, what was it like starting that up? It, I think it helped that I had a bunch of my best friends start out as the folks watching my streams. Like it was people I've known for like 10 years or, or longer that were hanging out in my Twitch chat. And it kind of helped me be comfortable with it. And then just kind of having people come in and so go, Hey, this isn't that like, this is a nice part of the internet. We'll just kind of stay here and hang out. So mm -hmm. I kind of grew slowly and I'm okay with a slow growth. As long as folks truly want to be there and they're there for like the right reasons of like supporting either an organization or just having fun. For or sure. my cat who's somewhere around here lurking in the back. <laughs> All right, Nikki, thank you so much for coming on today. I, I genuinely do appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And thank you for having a bunch of the thousand dreams fund folks on. Absolutely. It has been a blast getting to talk to you all. All right. Now for everybody else, I'm going to remind you all, don't be just a gamer, be a gamerpreneur.